Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Ellie, and today I am so excited to talk all about Captain Marvel. I have been waiting for this one because I know I've got some thoughts, but I do have a guest with me today, Alexis, which I'm so excited to chat about Captain Marvel with. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Why don't you just take a minute and tell the listeners a bit about yourself and the content that you t- you produce? Hi, I'm Alexis Blake. Um, on TikTok, I'm at Alexis Blake Reads Comics. My educational background is mostly in psychology, so I did a lot of study on how the media that we watch affects our perception of the world that we live in. And so, a lot of my content on TikTok centers around comics, specifically Marvel comics, and kind of analyzing that media and introducing people that haven't read the comics into that media. Thank you. Um, I definitely suggest everyone to go give her a follow. I I know when I was like first getting into the Marvel side of TikTok, like with my podcast account, like her videos were actually some of the ones I started seeing first. And as someone who's not super like knowledgeable when it comes to the comics, and as someone who kind of wanted to get into them, it was so great to see Alexis's videos and just start learning and getting like a basis of, you know, what are some good comics to read? Like where like good places to start and kind of getting to know some of the differences mm-hmm. between movie versus comics, which is so it's like a very interesting realm <laughs> of like kind of like Marvel and like TikTok to get into. But Captain Marvel. Yeah. This movie, oh my goodness. I mean, this movie gets a ton of backlash, but kind of like, what are your thoughts on it? Do you like it? Not a big fan? I do like it. I think it's a highly underrated movie. There are some things about it, and we'll get into it later, I'm sure. There are some things about it that I would have changed, like if I was doing the movie. But I I think that most of the backlash that it gets is unearned. I think people dislike it for the wrong reasons. I agree. (laughs) I 100% agree. I am with you. I think it's a super underrated Marvel movie. I remember like when I saw it in theaters and I came out of it, I never under fully understood why people didn't like it, why it received so much hate, especially specifically in regards to like the character of Carol Danvers and her personality, which <laughs> grinds my gears a little bit, actually maybe more than a little bit, a lot, it grinds my gears. And not only the hate that the movie and her character receives, but the, the hate that Brie Larson was receiving, that absolutely drove me crazy because I've, like, I'm a massive fan of Brie Larson. I've, lo- I've loved her for so many years. I love her movies. I love what she stands for. And of all, I'm like, of all the things that you could dislike about a movie, it's like you're choosing this aspect. It reminds me so much of some of the hate that, the Eternals is receiving because a lot of people seem to have issues with the diversity a lot of people have a lot of issues with the fact that there's a queer couple Mm -hmm. in the movie and it's like of all the things of all the aspects you could dislike of a movie you're choosing this it's such a trivial thing to dislike I'm like I'm sure you can come up with something a little more creative 
I think the Brie Larson aspect is so interesting because it really seemed like a case of the media giving us an a an interpretation of a female character that we hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. right? It was giving us this different type of woman. And the reaction was to be like, I hate the character and I hate the actor. Mm-hmm. I hate them both, right? And it's like, we should, what you're really hating is that it's something new, that it's not this kind of ultra feminine at, at you know, under men stereotype of women that you have mm-hmm. seen in all of the other media. I mean, even Natasha in the Marvel movies, is especially in the early ones really it's just there to support the men in the film right she Mm -hmm. kind of becomes this motherly character of all of these guys right and so it's like that's what you want to see so when we introduce another type of woman when we introduce this strong kind of sassy female character you decide you not only don't like the character but you don't like the actress that has dared to play that type of woman (laughs) on screen it was it was just crazy that people were doing that. And it's funny because so many people would also, the same people who, you know, talk, speak poorly about Brie Larson or about her character or not being able to kind of separate the two would be so quick to jump on and be like, oh my God, like separate act, like the character from the actor. Yes, if you yes. offend them <laughs> with yeah. their favorite actor or one of their favorite mm-hmm. characters, and if you started associating the two and like getting it all like mixed together, mm-hmm. and it's like obviously they're two character, actor, two separate entities. And again, like where's the hate coming from? Like it's not justified. And then people would start pulling things out of nowhere, like completely irrelevant factors to start hating on actors. So like with Brie Larson, she made a very public statement, like talking about people who are on the team that decides who receives awards. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, Spee saying, you know, Mm -hmm. predominantly older white men. That is a fact. That's not like it's an unknown well thing and she you know speaks out saying there should be more diversity and there should be a variety of different people from different walks of life on a team like that and then people pull that in being like oh she's too loud she's too opinionated like it drives me absolutely crazy and then they bring that into the character as well she's loud she's you know arrogant she's got a big ego and I'm like hmm where have we seen this before? <laughs> Where have we seen this before? And I'm like, Tony Stark, one of the most arrogant characters mm-hmm. in the MCU. And he is a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most like well-loved popular characters. So I'm like, okay, so why is he allowed to have this kind of personality? But Carol is not. And he's one too, when I think about Iron Man, like Robert Downey Jr. is definitely an actor that, you know, Iron Man really reinvented him mm-hmm. as an actor. He had kind of fallen out of the public yes. discourse before he did that role, right? Yeah. And so everyone sees Iron Man and decides that all of the issues that they had with Robert Downey Jr. before are no longer issues because they reflect the character that they like. Mm-hmm. So his long history with alcoholism is no longer an issue because, you know, that's a that's a history that Tony Stark has had in the comics. Mm-hmm. So Robert Downey Jr. just is Tony Stark and we love Tony Stark, so we love him, right? Yeah. So kind of the complete opposite of what happens with Brie Larson 
it's just it's so interesting and maybe it's something I'll just like never really fully grasp onto because I don't know again like obviously I'm going to be thinking differently from people who do see this character in a negative light Mm -hmm. or even see Brie Larson in a negative light so but it's interesting to see how many perspectives come into play and how people view these characters and again like Captain Marvel she really is such a strong character and an amazing kind of addition to the MCU Mm -hmm. and I remember it's also just kind of funny because I remember at the end of Infinity War in the end credits scene when we get the little teaser Mm -hmm. on the pager like we see her logo oh my god we're getting Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. everyone was so excited we're getting this awesome character she's going to be a great addition to the MCU movie comes out starts receiving just hate and it's kind of like well I wonder what they exactly wanted to see like what did what were their expectations for this movie or the you know actually seeing the character come to life on the big screen like I wonder what their hope was for it because there was the excitement and then clearly that just completely plummeted once the movie came out Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I wonder if people aren't like they don't expect to see the same things, right? And so mm-hmm. if they, if it wasn't that they were excited to see Captain Marvel because they assumed that she was mm-hmm. going to receive the same treatment that Black Widow had, where yeah. she had been really kind of like diluted in her movie roles to better meet the wants of the male gaze. And I think that was kind of the expectation for Carol. And then they didn't go that route. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely good answer for it (laughs) it's just it's kind of just sad because then a lot of people are now more of the people who hate Mm -hmm. or have strong dislike for the character are just not excited for the next movie right they're saying already like saying it's going to be bad Mm -hmm. which I can't I, I can never stand people like that who immediately before a movie comes out before there's a trailer or any sort of like explicit plot details Mm -hmm. immediately go off saying it's going to be a bad movie I'm like there's no ground there there's no logic behind it and it's like just give it a chance maybe they go a completely different path with this new movie you never know and it's like you're not going to know until the movie's actually out and until you give it a chance and see it because I mean who knows so far phase four movies have been like pretty good like I love Shang-Chi I love Eternals we have tons of like other great movies that I think are going to definitely be up there in terms of quality and it's like just give it a chance like who what if it ends up being like a top five MCU film like Mm -hmm. you never know until you give it a chance and how are you going to do that if you're going to already choose to dislike it right which is really the same 
kind of treatment that the Eternals received. I think a lot of people decided and negatively review bombed that movie before they had Mm -hmm. ever seen it. You know, it's interesting because I think most of the the phase four movies that we've gotten so far, the phase four projects, I mean, Mm -hmm. even with the Disney plus shows, they really have been different from what people are expecting. And it's interesting to see how that has like affected people's perception of the project beforehand. Mm -hmm. I feel like it definitely raise the standards a bit Mm -hmm. especially like when we got the tv shows and we started getting the movies because like you're right they are very different from what we're used to especially when we got eternals that was so different from any of our other kind of like phase one through three movies that we got and you can just tell like things are changing in terms of projects when it comes to the mcu so right like based off of that you can tell that like the marvels is going to be a very different movie compared to captain marvel because captain marvel was still kind of following that formula that we were getting Mm -hmm. in phase one through three and but now we're out of that all of that was you know leading to the infinity war but you know that's been resolved (laughs) and we're on to a new path so it's like things are different things are changing it's like they're playing around with different concepts and ideas so why not just sit back and see what they decide to do with it and what they decide to do with the characters before jumping to conclusions mm-hmm. but kind of like in terms of like this movie though I think there are a lot of things I do like about it and one of my one of my absolute favorite things is like the relationship between Carol and Nick Mm -hmm. I think they have a friendship that's probably like one of my favorites across like the ones that we've seen Mm -hmm. it's one that like I kind of enjoyed seeing develop throughout this movie and I'm like I'm kind of curious if they're going to continue that right in the future movies or I mean like hopefully they don't just kind of leave it there because Mm -hmm. that would kind of suck but like like what are your thoughts I really like the friendship between the two of them. I was a little disappointed that they both didn't get more time in mm-hmm. the first three phases of the MCU. One mm-hmm. of my kind of slight, um, I don't know, slight issues with Captain Marvel as a film is that they really also use it as kind of a backdoor introduction movie for who Nick Fury was and how he became who he was and so you have a female character who's getting a movie and then you have a character of color who's basically this movie has been being treated as like his backdoor pilot when really those should have been two separate things so I think I would have valued their friendship more if it didn't feel like they, they were both getting like the raw end of the stick, right? Like mm-hmm. if we had had a Nick Fury movie and then a Captain Marvel movie and then had, you know, if I would have seen their friendship, I think it would have been even more impactful because they both would have gotten their own time. And as it was, it felt to me a little bit like his story ends up kind of detracting from hers mm-hmm. um, because he didn't get the time to tell his story in his own film. Mm-hmm. I would love a Nick Fury film. I would love that because you know we talk about which characters have you know been here the longest Nick has been here from the very start Mm -hmm. he has made like an impact on like each character's life 
And I would love to see more background on his character and like actually see him Mm -hmm. in the leading role Mm -hmm. rather than a supporting one. And like, I hope somewhere in the massive Marvel plan that they have, that somewhere in there is something for Nick Fury. I would love to see that. I think one of the things I I really like about Nick in the comics is that he's at any given time, he's not who you perceive him to be, right? Because he's just in kind of like the back of everybody's story, right? And I think it would be really interesting to see those same types of ideas from Nick and the MCU, but I think it would hit more if we had already gotten that time with him. Like mm-hmm. now, if they introduce some like weird thing about Nick's past, I'm not sure I'm going to buy it because I don't yeah. actually know enough about him. That's so true. Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they'll surprise us and be like, surprise, we have like a TV show, you know, a six episode show purely for Nick Fury. Nick Fury. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. You know what? I will graciously take that happily. Like, but it, the fun thing with that is you could have that for him telling his story mm-hmm. or kind of, you know, showing his experiences but you can like bring in past characters as well. You know, yes. other characters that have had an impact or have helped him or supported him or, you know, whatever. Kind of how in Captain Marvel, like we also got Agent Coulson. You know, he's yes. a rookie in this one, mm-hmm. but we got to see him again. And obviously like him and Nick have worked closely as well. So for example, if they did a video on Nick's, like a movie on Nick's past around this time, they could bring Coulson back as a supporting yes. character. And, you know, that would be like great for fans to see as well because Coulson is a loved character with fans as well. So it'd be a great project. I think and they should do that. I am always eager for Marvel to do something that will allow them to use characters that they've kind of, for lack of a better word, gotten rid of. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the idea of the Thunderbolts is brilliant because it gives Marvel an excuse to bring back any, like, morally gray character they've gotten rid of and introduce them in the show. So I'm with you. I think, like, a Nick Fury show would have been a cool way, or will be, hopefully will be, a cool way to, like, give us insight into these other characters that we've kind of, you know, gotten rid of and their relationship with him. I would love to see it. Yeah, no, you saying like the Thunderbolts is such a great example. And I feel like they, like they do that. And they even did that with like Falcon and the Winter Soldier when they brought back Zemo. Yes. I love Zemo. He is one of my absolute favorite villains within the MCU, just because of the way that he was portrayed and the way that he was developed. Mm -hmm. I know that he's different in the comics. I've some of my more well-versed and comic friends have <laughs> well-informed me of this. <laughs> but, like, I know he's very different in the comic books. But I just, I love the way that he's been kind of brought to life mm-hmm. in the movies. And, like, him I'm excited to see more of. Also, I'm just, like, a big fan of Daniel Brühl. I think he's a great actor. Yes, he is. So, yes. I'm like, yes, give me all of the Zemo content and bringing him back for Falcon and the Winter Soldier was definitely a solid, solid move. And then Thunderbolt Project, you know, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, I mean, we can only kind of hope, manifest it, mm-hmm. kind of speak it into the universe and hope Kevin Feige 
wakes up in the middle of the night and is like, I should do this, writes it down. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but have you read a lot of the Captain Marvel comics? I haven't read a ton of them. I have read some of them. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Kelly Sudaconic as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times her run on Captain Marvel there was a little bit of controversy around it at certain mm-hmm. points, but I really enjoyed her run on Captain Marvel. And it's one that I would recommend to people that are trying to read the comics or trying to read Captain Marvel for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think that run kind of, uh, you can jump in without reading anything before it. And it kind of gives you a good understanding of who she is as a character. Um, but I was actually at a, at a comic convention right before well, right before the movie started filming mm-hmm. and Kelly Sue was there and they had asked her at the time if she was going to be involved in the film. And she said, Marvel hasn't reached out to me. Like, I don't think they want me to be involved in it. And I remember people were really upset about it because she was like the big name on that book at the time. And then something changed because she's in the film. So at some point they got her involved, but she's mm-hmm. the, um, the redheaded woman on the subway platform and Carol kind of runs past her. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. I honestly love it when they kind of create those little cameos. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such like a delightful, like little surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty iconic for Stanley to appear. Yes. Yes. In the movies. But when it's like things like that, and I mean, I've seen it in, other movies like non-MCU non-Marvel movies as well where if it's like a based off a book where the author of the book is kind of like just tucked in Mm -hmm. to a cafe or like a coffee shop or like walking walking their dog or something yes yes, and it's such a fun little treat Mm -hmm. for the people who you know read the book right yes or like know the author know Mm -hmm. the writer and are fans of them it's like oh my god like it's them and it's just like a fun little moment so I love that they that they did that and kind of like had her involved in that sense but based off like the comics on her that you did read are there any kind of like differences that you saw compared to what we would see in the movie I think the biggest difference well there are two big differences for me the the first is the way they treated the scrolls which I actually think is one of the most brilliant things that Marvel that the MCU has ever done because the the scrolls in the in the comics were really derived from some pretty racist stereotypes of different people that were um, coming to live in America at the time mm-hmm. and so they were flat out they're flat out villains in the comics right they are mean they are evil you don't like the scrolls the scrolls are bad right and so for me as somebody who had read the comics to go in and see the film, that's what I was expecting. And then the film kind of twists it and says, well, no, we've interpreted them as like bad people, but it's just because of this like false narrative that's been Mm -hmm. spread through this world and they're actually refugees. Um, And I'm really interested to see what they do with that in, in kind of the secret invasion plot lines moving forward. The second has to do with Carol. And I find her to be really interesting because really the way that comics work is you have a character, but that character is usually written by a lot of different authors. Mm-hmm. So Bucky, for example, is, you know, either really sarcastic or really stoic or a really all around good guy, depending on who writes him at any yeah. time. And Carol is really the same way, which is why I was 
frustrated that some of the critiques of the movie were about the characterization. Like different mm-hmm. comics have characterized Carol differently, right? Yeah. It's just how it is. But I, I do think that Kelly Pseudoconic comics did a better job at um, kind of telling the the feminist and womanist story and morals that they wanted to tell mm-hmm. and, and letting Carol kind of, uh, letting her story evolve a- alongside those moral statements that they were trying to share. I think mm-hmm. one of the issues that the movie has is that any given time, it couldn't really decide what it's feminist or womanist message was so yeah. it, it would kind of hint at you know like she would take all the clothes off off the mannequin but then you know and it would kind of make a statement about that and then 15 minutes later she's pretending that she can't kick the door down so that fury has a moment to shot you know and it's yeah. really kind of like well what message were you trying to tell and I think that the Captain Marvel comics for the most part have have done a better job at kind of figuring out what the message they want to get across is Mm -hmm. and getting that message across Mm -hmm. I definitely yeah I definitely noticed little things like that in the movie as well and kind of like in regards to that maybe well because in Endgame her character I feel like this is amongst most fans have this feeling that her character wasn't utilized enough in the movie and maybe it was because of the backlash her movie received mm-hmm. who knows kind of what happened there but like point being is for how powerful her character is and how strong her character is and how you know useful her character could be she was in end game for like maybe two minutes mm-hmm. which is a shame but in regards to like her character and how she's portrayed and you know kind of choosing the path they want to take instead of kind of like branching off Mm -hmm. maybe in the marvels they'll kind of fine-tune it a little bit and maybe they'll figure out exactly like who they want carol to be right maybe that will happen maybe they won't maybe she'll go through some like self-discovery in this movie like whatever (laughs) who knows what's going to happen but like maybe they'll be able to kind of bring bring everything back in I don't know I it's always interesting when you take the different portrayals in different comics Mm -hmm. and then bring it to life because I feel like they just kind of pick and choose Mm -hmm. they take like little elements across the board Mm -hmm. and end up with just like this massive like mixing bowl and they try to kind of bring it all to life but I mean the reality is you can't I think the MCU is particularly interesting to me because for all of the great kind of forward thinking things that they accomplished in in terms of how films are presented and how mm-hmm. you know films are serialized right all of that was kind of new at the time they in a lot of in a lot of areas are still like 10 years behind and i think yeah. representation is one of those areas i think if you put captain marvel right next to Black Widow, those stories have the same issues in the way that they're told, right? Mm -hmm. They they kind of backtrack on their own feminist plots. They don't want any of the points to hit too heavy. They use these male characters as comedic relief to take 
the focus off of the female character. So it, in both of those movies, kind of the storyline strays away from the women that it's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And we don't see those same issues in movies with the male characters, even though those characters also came from 72 different comic book writers. Right? Yeah. So one of my hopes is that that the further that they go in terms of using females as lead characters, that they get better at telling those stories and they become more bold in telling those stories. So my hope is that since the Marvels, you know, is a second, and there have been other female-led projects now, you know, in the mix, that they will kind of get a better idea on how to tell that story. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, we can only hope. We won't know until we actually see (laughs) it. it, Yeah. So again, it's kind of like the same situation, like fingers crossed that we'll get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope at least. (laughs) Um, But you were kind of mentioning there were a couple elements of the movie that you didn't enjoy too much. What aspects of the movie were you not too fond of? Um, so the main, the main one was that, well, we touched on it earlier, but was that I felt like she and Nick needed separate movies yeah. first, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt like that plot, especially with Colson, kind of like took away from her story yeah. in a way that I wasn't about. And the second, the second issue I have with it, we touched on as well, which is that it, it had a tendency to kind of walk pack its feminist plot in a way that I didn't mm-hmm. particularly care for Mm -hmm. to the point where I was disappointed by the kind of big battle at the end because it was like well you know at at parts in the movie she could have taken him out with no problem and now this is supposed to be like a a big build-up and I don't really feel like they resolved his gaslighting of her well enough for it to have been worth sitting through that in the film Mm -hmm. which is something that they also did in Black Widow, right? Like Alexi spends a lot of time gaslighting those women and they really don't resolve or, or particularly, you know, wrap up that that storyline is a, in a way that makes it clear that that gaslighting wasn't okay. <laughs> they really yeah. do the same thing to, to Carol. Yeah, oh God, the gaslighting. <laughs> what a common theme across these movies. Oh my goodness. What a relevant theme right now with, with yes. like Red, Taylor's version. Oh my God. Gaslighting is just a hot topic across the board right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's something I, it's something I always think about because I'm like, gaslighting is such like a relevant thing in life. Mm-hmm. We see it across media, whether it be music or like movies, TV shows. But I'm sure nearly every single person has probably experienced being gaslit mm-hmm. and it's shit. Like it is so <laughs> shitty to be gaslit. Mm-hmm. It's like when you see it in a movie and then you don't see it handled well, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, let's take like a younger person who's easily influenced kind of seeing it. Mm-hmm. What do you want to show them like what to do if they are being gaslit by someone? It's like, what kind of message are you trying to get across to them on how to handle that kind of situation? How do you, know, end it, like cut it off, like end it there? Well, like, what do, what do you want the message to come across? Because obviously when we consume media, we always take something away from it. Right. Especially like when you're younger, like when I was a kid, I watched so many movies and I always like learned from them. You know, I would, 
adopt like personality traits where I would start to act like a certain character that I absolutely loved, you know, when I was younger, you know, you'd play like make-believe or whatever. And you'd be like, I'm going to be this character from this movie that I really love. So when it comes to that, like you want to be so mindful of the message you're trying to get across because, you know, you're going to have someone who's going to be like, I want to be just like Carol Danvers. I want to be just like Captain America, or I want to be just like Tony Stark. But what kind of message are you getting? What are you really trying to like to tell them? I had a conversation recently with another content creator and, and his kind of comeback was, um, we were talking about what if and uh, Captain Carter's role in what if and, and how that didn't exactly hit for me <laughs> in mm. that episode, right? And he said, well, I just explain all those things to my daughters as they watch it. And I was like, yeah, but not everybody has that, right? Like not everybody is, is watching the property next to a, a parent or guardian mm-hmm. that can explain gaslighting to them. So really it's on, it's on Marvel or the MCU or all film and, and television creators, right? To make sure they're getting across the right message. And I think, especially in a Captain Marvel movie for a character that has been so tied to feminism to kind of drop the ball on really fully addressing that was, was a, was a miss that I wasn't okay with. <laughs> I feel like that all, it always like comes down to also like who's on the team. Mm-hmm. I always, whenever I see things like that, or whenever I I view something and I'm like, oh, that's kind of questionable that they did made that choice on like filming shot or directing right, shot, like yeah. writing. I always take a moment to just go check the credits and check out the crew and be like, okay, who directed this movie? Like who was on the writing team? Because that's always really telling, mm-hmm. I feel, when it comes to movies and like just like creative decisions. You can just tell a lot based off who is on that team. Yes. And I don't, I forgot I, who wrote the movie. I'm going to do that. I'm going to check that later. But it's just, it's always interesting that that always has an impact. Mm-hmm. I always want to know who is in the, like who the woman in the room was and what her role was, right? Because yeah. I think like Black Widow was a movie I'm trying to think of Marvel projects. I know Black Widow was one where people definitely had a perception that there were more women involved in the project than there actually were, right? And yeah. I think that was true of Captain Marvel as well. But there was really this perception that more women were in the room in high-powered roles than, mm-hmm. than actually was, you know, the case. Because I feel like it's like the expectation and it's the hope mm-hmm. as well. And because we're like, we have like a strong female lead character mm-hmm. you know our hope and is of course that the team is who worked to create this film is also has these incredible women in the industry working on it sad reality is it's not often the case they try I feel like they half try it's like um when we have movies that have our lead character is a person of color mm-hmm. Our hope, of course, and this, I mean, of course, across all movies as well, is that they bring more diversity to the creative team. They bring more people of color into the directing role, into the writing mm-hmm. roles, you know, all of the roles that, and there's thousands of roles, they bring more people into it who come from different walks of life. But the sad reality is that's not often the case. Yes. And I've 
like had this conversation with multiple people before and this is isn't exactly in regards to Captain Marvel just like kind of like the film industry in general and Mm -hmm. some people's diluted views but (laughs) someone was talking to me about their experiences in film and they told me that I forgot I forgot the exact wording but they were saying how in some films and some projects that they have like a diversity quota essentially yes where they're like I need they're like we need to have at least like five people of color in this but then the way that they approached it was in such like a negative way and because their experience was that they lost a role to a person of color oh yes so their viewpoint was they were trying to fill that quota right and I was like I remember when they told me I think my jaw kind of dropped to the floor because I was like why would you jump to that conclusion first of all mm-hmm. I'm sorry maybe you're just not you weren't fit for the role right like, yes maybe it maybe just wasn't your for you. acting yeah. skills weren't up to far up to part to like mm-hmm. what they were looking for why would you just jump to the conclusion of they wanted to like fill the quota so they chose the person of color that was also mm-hmm. auditioning on the same day instead and it's just it's interesting to see these views come into play when it comes to the industry because I mean like why wouldn't you want to see more diversity right why wouldn't you want to see that like why wouldn't you want to see more strong female characters in leading roles why wouldn't you want to see more people of color in leading roles right it's the same reason why you know like Black Panther got a lot of backlash Shang-Chi got a lot of backlash Eternals got so much backlash for you know their cast being diverse and for having a num quite a good number of people of color on the team Mm -hmm. in these lead roles and it's it's, I don't know it's something that it's ever evolving throughout Mm -hmm. time and like it's like people are becoming more accepting of it but there's still so many who view it in such a harsh negative light. I was, there's a, a television show that I love, Leverage. And the it's been interesting because it, it it's gotten like an, an extra season about eight years after the, the last season finished, right? And, and it's gone from a show that like always made their point on diversity very clear, right? Mm-hmm. But wasn't always given permission by the network to to cast all the people that they wanted to cast, mm-hmm. right? And now that they are in the year of our Lord 2021, it's an incredibly like queer show filled with people of color, right? Which has been really great to see. But I was, the writer did an interview and he said, people keep calling it forced diversity. And he said, it's not forced anymore. Like these are all people that I know. You know, he was like, I am a white Irish Catholic, like cis straight man. And I know all of these people. So I know you have to know all of these people. So it's not forced. And I, I think one of the things about Marvel, like I, I'm looking at the, at the projects that they continue to do and they're introducing more and more and more of that. And the conversation is just like, you know, well, I don't like it, right? As the conversation I see all the time. And I'm like, I don't understand what you think it's taking away from you. The, the, like the sad fact is there will always be white straight characters in media always yeah. so just because black panther is a movie doesn't take away from the 10 movies we got with a white knight with a white guy named chris like it doesn't it didn't replace those those are still mm-hmm. there 
I know. I, I that's like I'm like I won't understand the forced diversity thing because even when I view the like see these movies or see these TV shows that have like very diverse cast or have like very diverse characters, I'm like I have these people in my life. Yes, exactly. I know yeah. these people. I am some of them. Like yeah. <laughs> it just it blows my mind about how people can think that it's forced diversity. I'm like, what little bubble do you live in? Like you're are you in your own world? Like are you completely shielded from like reality? And like I understand like some people might come from like predominantly like like white towns mm-hmm. where a good majority of the po- like population are Caucasian like I can understand that but as well it's I feel like it's also kind of like the factor of opening yourself up yes to the world kind of like recognizing that the you know space that you live in isn't the only space in the world (laughs) like there are other towns other cities other countries with lots of people who look different who think differently who experience life differently have different cultures and it's like just taking again taking that chance like opening yourself up and expanding your mind Mm -hmm. like maybe one day (laughs) maybe one day (laughs) I feel like it's like moral of the story you just have to hope yes (laughs) yes some people will be a little less shitty but Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know but yeah kind of circling back to Captain Marvel Marvel. (laughs) this is um this is a common thing that happens with these episodes. We okay, start good. talking about one and then we kind of jump around a bit, but then we bring it back in. <laughs> with the Marvels coming out, what do you hope to see? I hope to see a movie that introduces the speculated new characters in a really cool way. And I, I hope to see a movie that develops Carol's character in a substantial way. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of questions that I want this movie to answer. And I think in a, in a, in a way I'm setting it up for failure because I don't think it can answer all those questions. Right. <laughs> but like, I want to know why sometimes we see Carol and well, why her hair is different every time we see her, right? Oh my like, God, I'm... that is a great question, honestly. What? <laughs> That's such a good question. Like, what is going on up there, right? Like, I want to know why she couldn't come back sooner. I want to know what the what the animosity is between, you know, her and some of the other characters. We got mm-hmm. a hint of that in WandaVision. Like, I, I want to know all of those things. And I don't know that this movie can do all of that for us. One of the things that I was, I was kind of, I was jaded in regards to Black Widow was that they had this movie for Natasha, but that a lot of it was focused on introducing her predecessor, right? And and the, the movies with male characters have gotten much more time to introduce their predecessor, right? In fact, they really haven't, right? Steve is the only one who kind of introduced one and then they got a spinoff show to introduce them, right? So uh, when they announced that it was the Marvels, I'm going to admit I was a little annoyed because I was like, well, you're using her second movie just to introduce all the people that will 
eventually replace her. So mm. I, I'm hoping it strikes a good balance and still giving me a good Carol story while giving those characters a good foundation to go off into their their spinoff series. I love that you brought up Black Widow. <laughs> I wanted to love the movie so, so much because I'm like, I wanted a Black, I basically wanted a Black Widow movie ever since like Iron Man 2 and the Avengers. And honestly, after Iron Man 2, I completely thought that we would get like a movie on Natasha. Because yes. honestly, it made sense. Because mm-hmm. clearly you introduce this like character association, you know, with Nick Fury, another character that we've kind of gotten a taste of. Clearly she's going to be an impactful character. People know her, you know, she's Black Widow. Clearly she's probably going to be a part of the Avengers. You know, we got all of those little clues and all those little details. Mm-hmm. So it's like, logically speaking, we should have gotten like a Black Widow movie at that time, like a year after, like either before the Avengers came out or maybe after the Avengers came out. But I mean, like I'm full, like fully behind. It should have been a trilogy. Like she should have gone three movies like every other character. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the exception also is, you know, like Bruce and Clint, you know, yes, yeah we're getting Bruce again. Mm-hmm. We still have Bruce after all these movies because he's going to be in She-Hulk mm-hmm. and, you know, Clint's show is coming out soon yep. while it's not fully on him, but it's like, you know, also introducing Katie. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kate, my brain is not working right now, but it's like, she's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. She should have gone, she, her movies should have been like given all the heart and soul. Yes. of Marvel and like been given everything so I kind of agree that the Marvels it's going to be very interesting to see what they do because I don't know like I have no idea if they're going to give like Carol three movies or not right. if they're going to give her the trilogy mm-hmm. but kind of like on that note though do you think she'll make like a little cameo in Secret Invasions I think it would be okay well, let me backtrack that. I, I've read the comics. So for mm-hmm. me, from like my, my comic perspective, it, it's always really interesting because like I found Loki to be a really interesting show because I didn't read a lot of Loki comics. So I was like, I can just enjoy this ride. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great. Right. Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was like, I have read every single one of these. Like you have some things to prove to me. Right. Yeah. So with, with Secret Evasion, I kind of it's, it's a middle ground for me. So it, I find it hard to believe that you could do Secret Invasion without a Carol cameo. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they won't. I just yeah. think that it makes a lot of sense for, for her, especially somebody with such a connection to the scrolls. I think you're mm-hmm. going to have to find a weird way to explain that if she's, if she's not there. I mean, or they'll just kind of jump around it kind of like they did in Endgame yes. with her kind of not being there. Mm-hmm. But I know my, like, ever since, you know, we, Secret Invasions got announced, we got the nice little surprise of, like, seeing the scrolls at the end of WandaVision, like, the bringing in, like, Monica, I'm sorry, yes, Monica, like, Rambo. It's just, it makes sense. It does, yeah. It makes sense. I don't know, like, I feel like if they don't, they again they would have to have a really good explanation 
of where the hell she is during the entirety of it because yeah again she has such a deep connection to so many of like these characters that are going to be a part of this Mm -hmm. so it's like why wouldn't they yeah take advantage and then her little scene um at the end credits of Shang-Chi do you think that was that's going to connect to the Marvels I I would hope it would connect to the Marvels in some way and I think like that's really what I mean when I say they have so many questions to answer because Mm -hmm. they've given her these lots of little like peaks of Carol right over the Mm -hmm. years so it's like I want to know what she was doing in between those peaks right like give me some idea of of what's going on there so I, I would hope that that would that would tie in if they don't I'm gonna be so disappointed (laughs) like I'm actually gonna be so upset and I know so many fans are gonna be upset because that was a question a lot of people had in regards to Endgame they were like like where was she what was she doing and like obviously of course you know like Thanos snapped and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just Earth that got impacted like you don't need to explain that to us we understand that you know other planets other beings mm-hmm. across the universe were impacted because we even got that with like rocket and nebula yes. going off to support them and you know helping in the best way that they could so you don't need to explain that to us and just give us this vague answer of she was just out there helping people yeah <laughs> because because as we saw on earth you know mm-hmm. five years passed by people adapted to that new life and mm-hmm kind of recognize the new normal and went on from there so right. it's pretty safe to assume that across the universe the beings on those planets kind of went through that similar transition where they began to adapt to that new normal mm-hmm. and new life and kind of going across that so during that when everyone had adapted to the new life like what was she doing right exactly yeah age-old question yes I feel like it's like the same thing when we get different movies and they're like well where was this character because obviously like they're in the same timeline mm-hmm. kind of like oh during Winter Soldier like what was Tony doing like what the <laughs> hell like what was, why didn't he help and because we always get that question of like where were these characters during this movie right it's always even, a big one with Hawkeye. Like, where is Hawkeye? <laughs> oh my, oh my God! With like Wandavision, I was like, Clint, buddy, where are, where you? are you? Maybe you should check on your girl Wanda, because Na- Natasha isn't around to do that. <laughs> like, and even with, I mean, this was more in like a joking sense, mm-hmm. but like with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they were like, "Where's Peter?" <laughs> yeah, like obviously it was more as a joke. Yeah. So like, because I, I mean we love the kind of like little banter between like Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie and like Tom Holland. Holland, I I love to see it. It's so funny, but, and like people like kind of bring that into their characters as well. And kind of like Mm -hmm. bringing in the perception that like Bucky and Sam would totally like tease the shit out of Peter and like baby him. So as a joke, it's like, where was Peter during this? But then with the Eternals coming out and, us getting that information that Eternals and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are taking are you know happening around the same time people suddenly were like where were Sam and Bucky like yeah what were they doing like they they definitely saw that massive like 
celestial Mm -hmm. appear out of nowhere in the sky so what were they doing Mm -hmm. but so I feel like that's gonna happen again and I feel like that's just inevitable that's something that happens in any project Marvel project it's like where was this character what were they doing why weren't they helping right yeah like maybe they were busy (laughs) like maybe they had their own shit to deal with you don't know (laughs) but yeah no it's interesting and I want to have high hopes I feel like I should lower them just in case (laughs) so I'm not disappointed (laughs) when it actually comes out but I don't know I think despite all of that I'm very excited to see because I mean I always get excited when we get new characters too yes when we get introduced to you know new strong characters more um characters that we're not really used to because I mean we've had the Avengers for so long we're so used to our original six right yes with the special like treats of getting a few extra ones you know Mm -hmm. Scott Lang Peter Parker Bucky, Sam, you know, Wanda, like those are great additions, but that's what we're used to. Right. And that's what a lot of people are comfortable with. So then when we get new characters, it's like, we can't help something. Some people just can't help, but compare them. Right. And like fair, I get it. I mean, I get very nostalgic about our like phase one through three movies. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have flaws, but you know, that's what we had for so long right that's what you know some of us had grown up with and had been like a big part of our life like you know all of the hype that went into infinity war like we all did like we experienced that Mm -hmm. like that was such a massive moment with marvel Mm -hmm. so now that that's over it is kind of scary to get these new characters and kind of that wonder what it's all going to lead up to and if it's going to end up being worth it or if it's going to have the same kind of impact that we got with Infinity War right Uh, do you have any other kind of like thoughts or anything you'd want to really talk about in terms of Captain Marvel I will feel remiss if I don't mention that I really adore Goose oh my god I love <laughs> goose, goose is the best <laughs> if I, yeah on, if anyone asks who my favorite character in Captain Marvel is I'm gonna say goose it's goose yes I okay actually on the topic of goose this just made me think of it because I know a lot of fans hated this but we got the true origin of how Nick lost his eye yes what are your thoughts on that ah uh, I I don't mind that that's what it was. I felt like it was a little anticlimactic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, eh, whatever. But I, I do love that the idea, like I, I always like when a movie or a TV show kind of gives me a hint as to what the like inner circle, the inner world is like. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that Nick has just gone for like decades lying about how this happened so everyone else has another theory right so I was able to forgive that it was goose Mm -hmm. like because I just love the fact that like you know every new class of recruits at shield probably heard a different story yeah I know I agree I love it I think and it was so funny I always like think back to like the winter soldier and he makes like this whole thing about like the last person he trusted (laughs) and 
I just think it's so funny now when you watch Captain Marvel it's just hilarious because you see the affection he has for this cat and I'm like you know what I also would be a little heartbroken if this adorable animal that I've just got you know became best friends with took out my eye (laughs) but like I agree every single person he told and he gives like a very vague kind of yes. idea of what yes. happened so everyone's like thinking that some crazy scenario he was in this like wild fight like going like toe-to-toe with like someone <laughs> who's like significantly more powerful than him and he just came out of it losing his eye Eyeless. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, like <laughs> it's just it's so funny and I feel like it's just very fitting with his character yes and also I mean who would want to admit that their eye they lost their eye because a cat yeah exactly scratched it like who wants to admit that and like you think Nick Fury is going to admit that he lost his eye because of a cat who wasn't really a cat of course not I mean he could have I mean I don't know if anyone would have believed him but he could have said it was some wild alien yes he could have gone that route he could have been like it was a flurkin and everyone would have been like you're crazy you know honestly if he said that people would be like haha I'm sure that's what happened yes they would just like kind of forget about it they're like hey if you don't want to tell me it's fine like well, and one of my favorite parts of that that movie was that everybody like looks, you know, there's all this like commentary. There's a TikTok sound I love about cats where the woman basically says, you know, when people tell me they don't want cats because they're assholes, I know they have no sense of humor because cats are hilarious, right? And I love that everyone looks at Goose and is like, oh, it's a cute little cat, except the people who know who are horrified because they know yeah. how powerful <laughs> Goose is. So I love that it's a cat that has like deceived everyone one oh it's the best <laughs> oh my god it's so good it was such like a sm- like small aspect of the mm-hmm. movie but it's one of my favorites oh, I just love honestly I did love just Nick hugging Goose Goose he loved that cat I was like I never thought Nick Fury would be like a cat man mm-hmm. but here we are <laughs> And it makes me wonder if he just lost all trust for cats from that point on. I like to think he like still gives money to like all the local cat shelters, right? Like as paying penance for, for Riling Goose into his like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry, sorry I got in your personal space. I will take care of all your brethren. You know? And honestly, I feel like that is just a lesson for people. <laughs> if you're interacting with a cat, don't get all up in its space give it its space let it come to you if you get in its face it might fight back I mean not all cats are like this some cats love just getting absolutely snuggled like just over the weekend I was at my like friend's place and she has this adorable 13 year old cat who's the snuggliest cat I have ever met in my entire second probably second snuggliest cat Mm -hmm. and it's just so sweet would never bite you would never scratch you mm-hmm. so I'm like but also he's not a um an orange cat so maybe that also does play into <laughs> that does have orange some cats are feisty orange cats are feisty I mean I feel like that's kind of why I like them <laughs> they yeah. have per- oh my god they have personalities wow oh <laughs> cat talk I love it but yeah I think 
like it's a highly underrated film mm-hmm. I think more people need to give it a second chance especially if people only gave it one watch and only one watch I'm like give it one more chance maybe you know take a step back look at it as a whole maybe you'll find that you also think it's a little underrated because I feel like of all the people I've spoken to a very small like percent think it's an underrated film because mm-hmm. more often than not they rank them at like the very bottom of their list mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I don't know about that it doesn't rank very high for me if I consider like which ones I love the most and like which ones are my favorites mm-hmm. it doesn't rank that high but it's like I don't think it's a bad movie does it have flaws of course it does Mm -hmm. as all movies do it has its flaws but I'm like I think it's a great movie again it's really awesome strong character and it's like something exciting to see where they take the character so it's Mm -hmm. like it's just an interesting it's interesting to talk to people about this movie because you never know what they're going to say (laughs) because they might like it they might hate it and it's like (laughs) it's a gamble but it's an interesting one but I suppose that wraps up this episode thank you for joining me to talk about Captain Marvel you're welcome it's been so fun thank you for thank you so much for joining me I always love having guests on because like again like you get different perspectives and everyone's like viewing these movies differently you know you got people who have that a bit more of like a comic book background you have Mm -hmm. people who you know have only seen the movies or only like no characters on surface level so it's always really interesting to kind of get chatting and not only like see where the conversation goes but like seeing everyone's perspectives on characters or movies mm-hmm. or plots or like themes so it's like it's always really fun so like thank you so much again You're for like so joining welcome. me <laughs> ah awesome all right everyone make sure you check out alexis on her social media platforms again all of her links are going to be down in the description box so you should go check her out check out her content i highly recommend it and as for me you know where to find me instagram twitter and tiktok at oh shoot podcast as always, I love making these episodes. It's always so fun talking about these movies and, you know, getting really down to the details of them. And until next time, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.